0: The following is a pre-recorded program.
1: So
2: you can push in and get, uh, get WPTF if that's the way you want to do it, or as always, for the last almost 96 years on AM680. The Tom Kearney Show is here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 to 10 with a little bit of live and in-real-time radio, and we try to bring you programs that are... Uh, Identifying and entertaining, and in their live tonight, I'm live. Uh, I'm, I'm on the phone from my my bunker at my house where I'm uh, quarantining myself, and uh, well, I want to talk to you. You know, when we started this program, we we almost called it Talk with Tom, back about thirty years ago. And one of the things that my experience, as I, some of you may know, I spent some time in a, in a Uh, rehabilitation uh, facility because I broke my leg and I was closed off there. And then I got out and and escaped into another quarantine, the one that the the, the citizenry of America is generally involved in. And one of the things that I uh, found that sort of kept my my sanity there was uh, talking to people, somebody calling me up on the telephone. And I had probably 10 or 12 friends who, when they found out I was uh, was uh, incapacitated and in a facility, they called me up and that was really the only thing that I had to do and it kept me from being uh, totally bored and absolutely insane. And so, uh, and I'm thinking that maybe one of the services that our program can provide, if you will take advantage of it, and if you do, I'll have a much better program, is that if you call us, uh, the number there, by the way, is 919-860-WPTF, 919-860-9783. And usually, to get things going, we have a topic, and the topic tonight is one of our nostalgia topics, because I was thinking about, uh, well, I sit there uh, when I have a nostalgia program and try to uh, recall things that have been running through my mind, things that I have been nostalgic about. And one of the topics that I've been nostalgic about lately uh, was uh, my my automobile, my first automobile. I like to talk about cars, I like to talk about burgers and candy bars and supermarkets and things like that, but got my first car that I actually owned when I was 21 years old. I was a college graduate, and I paid for it myself, but you may or may, that may or may not have been the question for you, but, but think back to your first car. My fil- friend Gil Whitehurst is not with us, tonight. I hope we can have him back. We've talked about cars often and, and said that if most of us could have our first boyfriend or girlfriend as the case may be or our first car back, we would choose the first car. And so uh, and this is something that is pretty universal. That is almost everybody has had a first car. And so whether you are a gentleman or a lady, uh, feel free to join us tonight and tell us about your first car and how you got it, and what you thought about it and well, was it a sex symbol? They used to, there was a book back in the sixties, Is your Volkswagen a sex symbol? And I think one of the implications was that Sometimes for us guys, uh, the, uh, the guys who got the dates, the guys that the girls went for were the guys with the sports cars and the big cars and the guys who had just regular cars. Well, there was just something about them. Well, was that the case? Uh, did you fall in love with somebody because he had a sports car and uh, or because he had a, an expensive car? Uh, whichever way the gender the thing goes. What we need to do is to provide you an outlet to talk tonight. So don't be bashful, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. John Sauter is our producer, and uh, he will uh, take your phone call and put you on hold and introduce you to myself and our audience tonight so you can tell us about the first car you've had. John, have we had some eager beavers like Todd out there tonight, or are we waiting for our first call to come in, our seed call? I've lost my my producer somewhere. John, are you there?
1: No phone calls as of right now.
2: No phone calls, you say? Okay, I was afraid the phone had dropped out on me. I looked at it and my my light on my handset was out. But so you let me know as soon as somebody pops up because it's always important to get that Steve caller, that first caller. I said I got my first automobile that I owned. It wasn't the first one I drove. I, I think my progress in driving an automobile was about the normal progress, I got my license as soon as I could, which was when you were 16 in North Carolina. I learned to drive on a dirt road behind my grandfather's house that ran across some uh, well, some rural property. There were a dirt road that ran across some rural places where crops were planted, and so on. And there wasn't any danger of me hurting anybody. And I, I was driving a. Let's see if I can remember. See if you can remember, too, this. This is something you can represent. A 1951 Chevrolet. Uh, we, we, we didn't have a lot of brand-new cars then. It had a three on the on the column, and there will be some young people or some forgetful people who will say, what is he talking about? Three on the column?" And it had a, a bench seat. That's something I want to talk about tonight, to what you thought about the first bench seat. That uh, well, not the first one that you saw, but when they began disappearing and they were replaced by bucket seats, I seem to remember the first uh, car that I remember, which was let's call it a normal car, not a sports car, was the the early Mustangs. Well, all Mustangs had bench, had uh, bucket seats, but that was the first time a car that was a regular car sold by a dealership to the streets came with bucket seats rather than a bench seat. Of course, the shortcoming there was that uh, you, you you had one less spot. You could sometimes get three people in the front seat if you had a bed seat, or if you on a date, if you turned the corner right, maybe your girlfriend would slide over and be a little closer to you. Maybe you had that experience. Maybe you have some story to tell us. 919-860-WPT. What was your first car? Was it an automatic? Uh, and did, did it have... Uh, the shift on the column or shift on the floor. What was the thing we used to say we had a four on the floor and a fifth under the seat. Of course, that was something that we wouldn't want to admit uh, because it, I'm certain it was probably illegal. But uh, automobiles are, are, are a real facet of uh, American life. And when you were old enough to get yours, it provided you with your full ticket to being a teenager and your full ticket to having some independence and and being able to uh, get away from home without being driven somewhere by your mother or your father or somebody like that. I think one of the reasons I was interested in pursuing this particular subject tonight, and again, our phone number is 919-860-9783. I saw about 30 minutes of American graffiti the other day and some of the scenes when... uh, the uh, young people of whatever town that was in California were driving around uh, hoping to make contact with uh, members of the opposite sex, or at least to show off the, their engines And uh, uh, Did you do that? Did you drag Maine? In Goldsboro it was not Maine, it was Center Street. Then you had to go a while because the place that, that, uh, that the teenagers gathered in their automobiles was not near downtown. And people in, in Goldsboro of my age and there are a few of them left, although they are all moldy-oldies by now. I remember Skinny's Drive-In and going up and down Ash Street and around Center Street and, and, and a few other directions. 919 Don't be bashful. And uh, uh, come and support the program. Talk with Tom tonight about your automobile, the first one you had, or the one, if it's not the first one, the one that you really like, the one that you'd like to have back, the one that you wish you had not destroyed. Uh, one way or another. And so nine one nine eight six oh WPTF and uh we will uh, let unless you queue up while we take a break here. John I'm gonna talk about King's Auto first of all, right here to begin with tonight and then we'll we'll take our break and we will hope some callers queue up. That's what the Brits would call it. We would call it get in line, but we'll we'll say they queue up and, and you can get in the queue now at nine one nine eight six oh nine seven eight three. When you're servicing your car, you need to know that the cycle of service is important. Your cycle of service begins the month that you buy your car. That cycle does not necessarily match with the normal seasonal changes, and that is the mark where you would change the oil and have it serviced and so on. At King's Auto Service, they will schedule your service intervals based on that cycle. For those who are using synthetic oil or driving limited miles, those uh Uh, reservations to have your car service might be at at different intervals than it would be otherwise. You may go months past the normal service based on those miles and would need to schedule your service up to two or three different times a year. During your service, Kings will check wipers, belts, tires, transmission fluid levels. For those of you who are currently driving a Toyota Prius or some other hybrid vehicle, the certified hybrid technicians at Kings are now able to refurbish your high-voltage battery pack or less than the dealer would charge to replace it. The the need to replace it usually occurs, by the way, at about 150,000 miles. Call King's tomorrow to schedule a courtesy battery analysis. King's Auto Service and King's Correct Loop and their state inspection station are easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net on the web. I think you can make an appointment on the, on the, the, the web, by the way. King's Auto Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto-secure care
1: service since 1946.
2: I really, want, I really want to talk about this, because I enjoy talking about cars. And he said, well, you got, you got a full house, so all of you who are there, stay there. We will work towards you as fast as possible, and of course you can listen to the program on your telephone. Uh, John Sauter, our producer, tells me that Stanley from Raleigh is on the line. Stanley, good evening. You're on WPTF. Good evening, Mr. Kearney. It's good to have you back. Well, thank you. See, I'm would, I i used, yeah, I'm one of those people who doesn't know how to take a compliment or a gift, so I always say send
0: money, but I won't say <laughs> it to you. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, my first car, uh, my favorite, was a 1978 MGB, and uh, my grandmother bought it for me for my 16th birthday, at a plane, uh, a plane. Uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. A dealer that you will probably remember that's no longer there it was Ember and Pontiac oh, on
2: Capitol yes, Boulevard. Yeah, they used to be. And Before they were on Capitol, they were on Hillsborough Street. Uh,
0: Absolutely,
2: right where Faircloth crosses it. Now, it, in fact, it wasn't open then. They were. They had to tear it down to put to open it up. you I know, so I remember it well. I had a Pontiac. I had a poor man's GTO which is uh, it's the the one without the big engine in it. It, 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 it. If you looked at it from the outside, it looked just like a GTO, but it didn't have the big engine in it. It had a 326, I think. And that's as far as I can go, because although I love to talk about cars, I certainly don't know a lot about them. Now, you, that's a nice grandmother to have. I, I just kind of feel sorry for you. But, no, uh,
0: she was terrific. She that, really
2: was. No, I'm, I'm kidding, because, you know, uh, my my little brother, his daddy bought him a car as soon as he turned 16. But you remember, if you've been listening to the program, who bought my first car for me? You, you see what I mean? That's what I'm getting at. It's nice to have somebody to give
0: you one. Did the girls like it? They did. They loved it. Okay. They, they really did. It was more than I could have ever expected. Okay, so you had a date for the prom then? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> you know
2: I'm pulling your leg, there. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that that's good. Well, thank you for for joining us tonight. And you are our seed caller, so uh, and John tells me uh, that we we have an inspired group tonight. So I, I appreciate that. And uh, maybe when uh, maybe when you cross over to the Great Divide, you'll end up uh, uh, being rewarded with an MTB somewhere. Okay. Well, Tom, it's great to have you back. God bless. Thank you, Stanley. Uh, Stanley and Raleigh got a 16th birthday. His grandmother bought him a car, and uh, I envy him that. Uh, who, who's coming up now, John? We have Norman.
1: Norman! Norman, are you there? Norman? Can you hear me,
2: Tom? I can now. I can now. Do you okay. remember that song, Norman? Uh, oh, yeah. I remember it. I got kids about that a lot. <laughs> yeah, back in the sixties, there was this Norman. Uh, there a song called Norman. Uh,
3: uh, I remember. Anyway. It. I was around then. Where uh, were you? Where were you when you were around? Were you in Raleigh? No, I was in Durham. I okay. grew up in Bethes- Bethesda.
2: Bethesda, which, which is a, kind of like a suburb of Durham, as I remember.
3: Oh yeah, that's yeah, just a little community. Uh, uh, anyhow, but uh, my first car. Uh, was a 66 Comet Catalante. 66 Comet? hmm And it's a limp. Well, Catalante. We're talking Ford then, are we? Yeah, yeah. Okay, i A got Comet you. was a Ford. It was, it was a right out. Uh, was, it, uh, paid, was it brand I new paid, or was it used? No, no, it was used. I paid $400 for it. I bought it myself uh, just from... Uh, money I've worked uh I started working when I was I bought the car when I was sixteen. That was nineteen seventy one. Uh I started working when I was thirteen uh working for other people but I would mow grass or whatever. But anyway yeah, I saved my money up, bought that car. But uh to tell you how times have changed, I remember when my mom and daddy bought their first new car. It was a. m I wasn't but six years old but I can remember, they bought a 1961 Chevrolet fish tank. Okay. Uh, four-door. Uh, a, a, a nice car, a nice car. Uh-huh, but you know what? Everybody in the community come around and look at that car.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. That's what people used to do. If you lived on a block and you got a new car,
3: everybody wanted to come down and look at it. Yeah. Now, babe, if somebody buys a new car, it's just, just <laughs> <laughs> And look, Tom, yeah. uh, I remember going my... Uh, my brother, he was older than me, and my daddy to the uh, carpenter Chevrolet and Dom. To, and my brother wanted a Do uh, You remember the Chevelles? I do. This was around probably '67 or '68, and I remember how much it it cost. I don't. You know how some things stick with you. Uh, it, I think it was twenty eight hundred dollars, two thousand eight hundred dollars for a new. You know, Chevelle. And that would have just about
2: made one payment on a car like that today. <laughs> I know, boy, time for things, When I got old enough, and I didn't have any money, but I, I remember going to, uh, because they had a record, it was something new for being sturdy. And I, I, I kind of go for function. But I went to the uh, VW dealer in Goldsboro, and they, they, the brand new one cost $1,200 then. I believe you. I have several VWs. Well, they, the the bug, I think, justified its reputation, at least in my experience. I never owned one of them, but the people that did on them and the ones I observed were just about indestructible. They were. They were. They would just keep going. But uh, how long did you keep the car that you got? Oh, sure
3: comment, I, oh the Comet? Okay. The Comet, okay. Yeah, the Comet. Uh, let's see. I probably kept it for about, uh, I'd say a year or two, and uh, I sold it to a friend of mine, we were all teenagers, <laughs> and uh, he bought it, and then it blowed up with him. <laughs>
2: well, I, when I was in high school, I, I had a friend, in fact, like this friend lives in Raleigh, and sometimes he listens, I hope he's not listening tonight, but he was a car guy. He was but, then, and he still is, and he, he ultimately owned a couple of Jaguars in his life. But he was in high school, and he wanted his, his daddy was going to get a new car, and he wanted him to get something really cool. And what he got right. was a very plain Comet, and and that was definitely not a cool car. You know, it was a very right.
3: functional car, but uh, it, there was nothing fancy about it. It would get you there. Uh, oh, and Tom, listen. Uh, when I bought mine, I I went to Sears in downtown Durham and had new. Well, I bought some new rims from it. I don't remember where I bought the rims, but they were nice looking rims. And I went to Sears and downtown, down and had new tires put on it. And I paid for all that myself. And I paid for my own insurance. But I don't think people do that anymore when they're like that, you know. Well,
2: in the years between me and my brother, my my daddy got uh, a little bit looser. He he didn't pay for anything on mine. Uh, I may have bought me a gallon, you know, a tank of gas or something at twenty nine nine. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I but I, I had to. Good feeling that I bought the thing myself, and and
3: uh, you know what, what, fixed up what needed to be fixed, and and so on. Hey Tom, let me tell you one more thing, okay. one more story. All right, uh, on that, like on that '61 Chevrolet, where me and my daddy would go up to the, the uh, neighborhood store to get some gas. My daddy, I was just a little boy, but he would let me go out there and pump the gas, and he was sat in the car. And I would hold up my finger. I'd hold up one or two. I'd say you, that meant did you want one dollar or two dollars worth of gas? Because back then the gas wasn't but you know twenty to twenty five cents a gallon, and we didn't go very far back then. So you know a dollar would get you. Uh, oh, I know a gallon, and then you know two dollars would get you almost ten gallons.
2: Uh, well, my mother I often and I've got to go here because the news is coming up. So thank you, sure. but I, I do want to say she often would just buy one. $1 worth of gas. Of course, that was usually about three or four gallons, but it, really? now you couldn't get to the corner.
0: Take take care. <laughs> That's down. Talk down. again later. The following is a pre-recorded program.
2: Tom Day, Tom we're here every night, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10 with a little bit of live and in-real-time radio, and we vary it a lot. We have guests, and sometimes we have kind of open phone nights, which is what we've got tonight, and we're we're asking you to be interested in, being nostalgic about the the first car you ever had and some experience related to it. Uh, you, the way you want to tell the story is sort of up to you. Our telephone number is 860-9783 with a 919 before it. 919 is our area code, uh, 860-WPTF. And we'll talk about your automobiles. And we've got a couple of lines open now, so don't be bashful. Come on and join us. John, you forgot to tell me or I wasn't listening who the, the name of our next caller is.
1: So this will be Ann from Raleigh.
2: Ann from Raleigh. Ann from Raleigh, good evening.
1: Hello, Tom. Hello. Uh, you, were, you were wanting to hear about our first cars? Or right. I was trying to decide we have several
2: Ann's and which Ann you were. And so uh,
1: and the, I'm uh, the one that's waited since you said we don't have any calls. We need people to queue up, so I've been waiting all this time. Oh, well, I'm first, sorry. I,
2: I was, well, but I'm mildly flattered that
1: you waited, as a matter of fact. Of course. Uh, I learned uh, that garage doors can talk. I learned that King's is where you should take your car to get it repaired. But my first car that I loved, and I loved it so much, 65 Mustang, burgundy, Ooh. not the hatchback, but the other one.
2: Oh, you, you, you probably wish you still had that, because that would be a valuable car, and I... My wife and I have a friend, a lady she used to work with, who finished up at, at Meredith College, and that was what she got. I was a, I think it was a, a sixty-five and a half or something, but that was about yeah. the when they came out.
1: Yes, yeah, Tom, you're right. They were calling it a sixty-five and a half because it came out came out in mid-year. Or mid-year, like right? That. And uh, it was. But um, I borrowed a tremendous amount of money, two thousand two hundred dollars, in order to buy that car
2: and you paid it back and
1: you loved having the car. Yes. But you were mentioning earlier about back when you didn't have any money. Those were the good old days. They really were. When we didn't have any money, we really appreciated everything we had. Well, you you know, it's interesting.
2: My advisor at Chapel Hill when I went to grad school, he and his wife had a Mustang, just like the one you had and my other friend had. Right. He said, he told me one time, this is not just about Mustangs. But he and his wife, when they were in graduate school, they were dirt poor. You know, they just yeah. they didn't have any money. And he said they were as happy as they were ever in their lives. when they yeah. didn't have any money. And I say I understand. I believe that uh, that uh, it, it, it sort of brings you together. You have to think about what you do, and then you you don't imagine that you're gonna find some happiness in buying something else. I'm a I'm showing a side of me I don't usually show on the radio, but I'm I'm not much of a consumer uh, as it goes. Uh, Probably because I've
1: not always had a lot of I think, money. I think you're. I think you're a smart fella, but I have to tell you, your theme song after the first commercial is not very good. The one you just played now was good, but that first one, I was hearing it on my radio and on my phone. Right. But I'm going to go and let you talk to the other ends. Well, uh, let,
2: let me just say one thing. Thank you for that, and. John Sauter, take take note of that. Maybe we need to get some... Those are called bumper tunes. They sort of bump you back into the broadcast, and John Sauter is the producer, and maybe he'll, he'll look into that for us.
1: But, hey, Tom, I told you you were smart. You have a good evening.
2: Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, she knows, knows what to do. Flattery will get you anywhere. Uh, but uh, interesting. Uh, I'm glad somebody did bring up... The Mustang, and uh, one thing I like to do is watch uh, in movies and old TV shows is to watch the cars, and uh, and who has a uh, a Mustang? Uh, if you watch, uh, oh, I've got it. What is the John watched the show with Andy Griffith in it. Uh, not Madlock, Madlock. He had a, a a guy who was his uh, detective. Not in the first one, but the second one and he drove a red Mustang, classic Mustang. It was probably was a 1965 convertible. Now, if you're going to be a detective, and uh, you're going to be trailing some people and trying to stay out of sight, not letting them discover you're following them. And I would say a red Mustang convertible is not the car that I would choose. But then again, they didn't ask me. But uh, I think there's a certain in uh, incongruity in, in, in that. And I was glad that somebody brought up the Mustang tonight, and uh, because I remember the two friends I had who had them and had the new thing. It really wasn't new because they'd been coming. European sports cars had them, and American cars were beginning to adopt them. I think the the car that that uh, was very popular, if you had a lot of cash, the Buick Riviera uh, had uh, for a big sedan-type car. Uh, bucket seats. John, who's the other other caller headed that, that's on the line here now? Hello. I've lost John. Nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Hello, John.
1: Tom, we have Kathy.
2: Kathy. Okay. Kathy, good evening. You're on WPTF.
1: Hey. How are you? I'm fine. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing well.
2: Do you, do you spell it with I a C or with a K? With a K. And how do you spell what happens after T H? Y. K A T H.
1: Y. Oh my well, my sister spells it R Y N. She's a Kathy too. Oh okay. After. That's how my daughter spells her. Right. R- okay. And yeah, yours. I I N E. Okay. Well, let's talk about cars. Okay.
2: Where, where were you cars. buying this car? Was it uh, beautiful downtown Raleigh or some other place?
1: No, I bought it from Carpenter Chevrolet in Durham.
2: It seems like the people we've got tonight are all in Durham, but the signal must be really strong <laughs> in that direction
1: tonight. Must be. Um, no, I was 19 years old, and I had my first job. My mother had given me $300, um... For a down payment on a car, and so we went down to Carpenter Chevrolet, and I found a 1972 Nova, and it um, it was thirty two hundred dollars, and I had my three hundred dollars down payment, and um, and I had a I had a humdinger of a car. Most of them had a three hundred two engine. Mine had a three fifty, and it didn't have the little emblem on the side, so. I was sitting at a stoplight, and some
2: fellow with a hot rod was sitting there rubbing his engine. I just usually left him. <laughs> well, now tell me, Kathy. I'm I'm trying to be cute now, and I may not succeed. But if I'd been standing <laughs> on the corner, or I kind of sticking my thumb, would you have picked me up? No. No. Well, don't. no. <laughs> I didn't pick up people. <laughs> well, I just thought you might have said, brother. Well, yeah, anyway, he's not too handsome, but he's kind of cute. Maybe I'll just pick him up <laughs> in my brand new car here. <laughs> well, no, I'll I, myself. I didn't but, do that. Uh, but how long did you keep it?
1: Um, about. Well, it wasn't quite paid for. I don't think. Um, I traded it in for a Mustang Mark One.
2: Aha! Uh-huh. So. Now, Carpenter Chevrolet was down there, pretty close to the ballpark, then, wasn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, kinda close to where that is it's um really over on Main right off of Main Street.
2: Yeah.
1: Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it was there. Um, but um that now that that Nova was a really good car. It didn't have carpet in it. It had vinyl that looked like carpet because <laughs> right. made it easier to clean. And I only put high test gas in it, and it cost me $4.37 to fill it up on Friday night, which I usually ran out before the night was over. So, you know, thank goodness it was cheap.
2: <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. Are you telling me you still out of driving on
1: Friday night? I did. There wait. was this little circuit, and we just drove in circles and went round and round and round. Was this so, in Durham?
2: Yeah. Well, I have yeah. heard of the circuit in Raleigh, and I have some idea, and I, of course I grew up in Goldsboro, and I know exactly where that one was, but one night we'll have to get you on here and let you tell us where you drove, you know, where, where the circuit <laughs> was. Okay. Where, you, where, you, where the drive-in was that you hoped to to run into somebody, maybe, along the way. Have you ever seen the movie the- American Graffiti? No. You should see it. I recommend it to you, Okay. Okay.
1: Okay, well, right. I'll, I'll see if it's on, well, I don't know. I'll have to see if somebody's got the movie I can borrow. Oh, well, the, the the
3: you can
2: probably find it on some service, you know. They, they, you know, I don't know, the ones, all yes. these the streaming services now. And, uh, but it, it is a, it's a wonderful movie, and, uh, and Harrison Ford is in it, and uh, 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 what am I trying to say, the guy who played uh, Richie Cunningham, in fact, he, Richie Cunningham, and and so on, so it, it's a good movie, and it's just about like life was for people in the class of 62, and spending all their time dragging Maine and hoping to meet someone of the opposite sex, and it almost n- never happened, of course, but uh, one can dream, yeah, well, thank you for being here yeah. tonight, yeah. and uh, John, these folks enjoyed their automobiles, and we've had ladies on tonight, too, we've had two guys and two ladies, if you are uh, if you will tell us about your automobile, the first one you had and where you bought it, and the joy that it brought you, and whether it had vinyl uh, foot mats or, or rubber or what, uh, that's the kind of stuff. Whether it had four on the floor or three on the column, whether it was automatic or straight drive, and what did the gas cost? The first gallon of gas I bought for a car that I own cost twenty-nine nine, and, uh, if I put 29 $90 in my car today, I might not get out of the driveway. John, do we have any other callers right now?
1: We have Robert.
2: Okay, we're going to save Robert. We'll talk to him right after this break. He's scheduled to be our guest, and we're going to talk about the weather, about how hot it is, and when is that going to change, or if it is going to change. But also, we've noted some uh, activity in the Gulf of Mexico and in the Atlantic that might be the genesis of, well, it could turn into a a tropical storm or even a hurricane. And so Nick will have uh, time to talk about that tomorrow night. So we're going to talk about the weather, 9 to 10 tomorrow night. Friday night will be Trivia Night. And Monday night, Jim Clark, the presiding goomer of the Andy Griffith Society Rerun Watching Club, will be our guest. And if you are an Andy Griffith fan, you'll want to hear that program. Tonight, we're being nostalgic about your first, I love to talk about cars, automobiles. I had a 1959 Chevrolet. It's one of those with the great big fins on the back. It had a small six engine, and it was big and heavy, and it was uh, zero, zero to sixty in about ten minutes. You, you were going to. One of the ladies who was on talked about hot rodders, at a stopped right well. Uh, I was not in contention, but it got me there just the same. John Sauter, our producer, says that Robert is on the line. Robert, good evening. Welcome to WPTF. Hey, sir.
0: This will have to be a short one. A big block Buick, four-barrel, over 400 cubic inch, used car that my father bought from a friend of his. And that four-barrel came in very handy when I was driving, or correctly, riding with a friend of mine to Fayetteville. We saw a car. It rolled over a 995. So I said to my friend in passing, as fast as you can go, go to the overpass. We'll go see if he's Okay. We're doing about 105 on 985 North, and to get our doors blown off by a highway patrolman. Who's going faster than you are? Much. That's what you're saying. I, I'm, not I a,
2: I'm translating what you're saying. I think I got it right. Yeah, he was I blinked. On. I hey. blinked. He passed us. Right. He <laughs> didn't. didn't. Now, what the they were saying in my
0: hometown is he was getting on it is what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we passed another highway patrolman who missed his exit and was trying to make a turn. We pulled up next to him I said, I think I know who you're looking for. Follow us. So we drive back over the overpass and go back where this rolled over car was that we later found out had been previously owned by a bank robber about five minutes beforehand, which explains the urgency of the highway patrol. uh uh-huh. ha. Big block could move when all four barrels opened and the torque converter kicked in. And it was a Buick, did you say? It was a Buick. It was a tank, a big, gray, comfortable tank. And what that what was name was oh, Was ever it, ever it like had had of a Sabre or
2: something like that? I think so. Okay, a I, 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 uh, 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 cutlet is what one guy called it. I think he meant cutlets, but anyway. Well, Robert. That that has made my night now. That to know that uh, that some speed was being showed on I ninety five, and uh, uh, that, that the car went by you. That you're always hoping that there is a, a patrolman or a policeman when you want one. And uh, I can remember one time Sunday afternoon. I was coming back to Raleigh from Goldsboro. I, I get to tell my story too, you see, and uh, and these guys were in uh, like a. Uh, uh, Nissan or something, and they were weaving all over the highway, and and I looked up, and here here across the the, the median there, between the you know the two different roads, the, the, the eastbound and westbound, comes a car, and it has DMV on the side of it, and it is digging in the dirt. Do you follow me? You Follow what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And they were after they called these guys, but that's the only time in my life I've ever wanted one of those people to be there. And they were actually there, but it was it was a, it was it was a good feeling to see these people catch. The, but it was just it like something out of a Steve McQueen movie, uh, and you know what I mean by that. Well, take care. I think we've got John said we had one other call coming in. I don't know if that's for sure, but thanks for calling and thanks for waiting. Okay. Thank you, sir. I love the show. Thank you. Okay, Robert with the big Buick on I-95 trying to do some good got uh, do we have another person?
1: We have uh, Ken from Raleigh.
4: Ken from Raleigh. Ken, good evening. And, Tom, uh, as we used to work together, I'm not going to tell you about my first car, but I'm going to tell you about the car I wish I still had.
2: Okay, I'm up sixty that.
4: 1965 Nassau Blue Chevrolet Corvette convertible.
3: Whoa.
4: I, I bought it uh, in 1970 for $2,400, and I sold it, I mean, and I sold it two years later for 2000 because I couldn't get insurance on it. Uh, the Corvette was involved in a pretty expensive lawsuit back in the early 70s, and insurance companies wouldn't write insurance on it. So
2: uh, you said a Corvette was what you had, right? Yes. The Corvette is the only sport, what you might call a sports car, or whatever you would call it, that I've ever wanted to own. I've never wanted to own a Jaguar or, or an Austin Healy or, you know, or anything, but I, I've... If it was a a Corvette about those years that you're talking about, I would take one if somebody offered it to me.
4: Well, I wish I still had it, because I could get uh, probably $20,000 for it. But one reason, other reason I had to get rid of it is, it stayed broken down. Uh, It was not a dependable car. It had problems with the brakes, so uh, fortunately I had a second car that was dependable, so... uh, When I couldn't get insurance on it and found out it was not dependable enough to to, to go out of town in, I had it towed back from Roxborough one day when it broke down up there with me.
2: Well, you know, uh, we've got about a minute left, so I have to hurry. That's often the case with big, fancy cars. One time when we had one of the mechanics on, a guy called up and uh, said he was going to buy this used Jaguar, and what did my mechanic who was sitting there beside me in the control room to think about it. And he looked at me, of course we were on the radio, nobody could see
4: it, and he said, do you have another car? <laughs> Would you understand what he meant there. Oh, absolutely, because I, I literally needed a second car uh, so I could be sure I had transportation because I traveled some for my work, and I had to yeah. have something I could depend on. Well, one Great my- having you back, Tom.
2: Well, thank you, and I'm glad that you're there, and we'll be looking for you the next time we come around this corner, okay? Okay, thanks a lot. Okay. Bye. Bye -bye. Oh, that was a wonderful program tonight. When we we call out on a limb and invite you to call, we never know what's going to happen, but people are nostalgic about their automobiles. I'm still thinking about that 59 Chevy that we call the Green Machine. Tomorrow night we're going to talk about the weather.